0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Blaze Experience once again. You are joining us for episode 88 today and I am your host Derek as always. You are joining us for another State of Decay 2 episode and this one's going to be all about Heartland. I know we talked to uh, two of the devs recently, Brian Giami and Jeffrey Card about Heartland but that was more asking them questions that we didn't know behind the scenes. This episode is still dedicated to Heartland. This one's going to be more of like the basics of the DLC itself. So we're going to talk about some of the characters, uh, some of the story a little bit, and just kind of our experience with that. So I have some great guests I'm going to introduce in a second. But before I do that, just at to the top of the show here, we have a little bit of our news like I usually do. Our next podcast is going to be next Saturday. It's probably going to be a Dead by Daylight episode. We haven't done an episode on that in a while. But if it's not a Dead by Daylight episode, then it will be another State of Decay one. And then our next stream... We have a stream coming up Sunday and Monday. We're both doing 12 to 4 p.m. That's going to be Borderlands 2. And then Tuesday is going to be 12 to 4, State of Decay 2. And Thursday uh, is going to be our night stream of the week. We do one night stream a week now. So that's going to be our State of Decay 2 night stream on Thursday, 8 p.m. to 12 a.m. So those are our streams coming up. I can't wait to um, enjoy those with all you guys. And... I do want to mention, too, that if you hear any um, sound differences in this one, I am trying out a different mic today just to see if um, it the audio works better or worse. So definitely let me know in um, Discord or Twitter or anything like that if you um, enjoyed this version of audio better because I'm trying out a headset mic just to see if a headset mic sounds better this time. So that'll be my first time trying that. But just let me know in the comments somewhere if you uh, enjoy that more or, or you want me to go back to the old mic. But without further ado, we do have two awesome guests here with us. They were originally supposed to be on for um, a previous episode with Big Red, the um, when we talked about the Choose Your Own Apocalypse in episode 76, but uh, some things came up, but we have actually got them back here today. So first up, we have a Twitch streamer that is an amazing guy. He's one of the funniest streamers I know, and... He's definitely a lot of fun to watch. You're always going to have a good time in a stream. Please welcome to the podcast, Rabbit, for the first time. Hello, hello.
1: Thanks very much for having me,
0: dude. Welcome, Rabbit.
1: Thank you, dude. Thank yeah, you. I'm
0: glad you could come on. You know, I've been wanting to have you on for a while, and it, it finally worked out for us. So
1: <laughs> Definitely, yeah. yeah. I, I know you've been uh, trying to get hold of me for a while, so it's, uh, <laughs> it actually felt really nicely today.
0: I'm glad, you know, because I mean, um, that one with Big Red, you know, we had it all set up, but I think like uh, something happened that day for you, and hey, life happens, but <laughs> I'm glad we finally got you on. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. No problem. But we do have another guest here with us as well, and this guest is a great State of Decay YouTuber, one of the only uh, State of Decay YouTubers I actually trust with their content, Um There's some that I don't exactly trust with their content out there, but this guy, uh, does a great job with the State of Decay content. He's always very fair with his analysis and I definitely appreciate that. So please welcome to the podcast for the first time, Mr. Stainless. How are you, Mr. Stainless? I'm,
2: I'm doing not too bad. Thank you for the the very kind words.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No problem. (laughs) You know, uh, not everyone does as good a job as you do. So, you know, I, I definitely appreciate it. There's only a couple State of Decay YouTubers I really watch anymore and you're one of them. So.
3: Thank
2: you. Uh, I I do try. I'll probably mess up at some point, but you know, at least it'll
0: be uh, at least I'll make it interesting. <laughs> exactly. When you do, I'll let you know that, right? Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, like Rabbit, you are supposed to be on for that big red episode, but I think you had something come up too, and you know, it, it all worked out. You know, you guys are here for the Heartland DLC instead of the Coioa one. Exactly.
2: We're here for probably what will be the best one, obviously. Um. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, definitely
0: yeah. <laughs> a good thing to come back for. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Which, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the first question I was going to ask you guys, you know, uh, how are you enjoying this DLC so far? Because I love it so far, and this is probably, I, I don't want to say it yet, because it just came out, but I think it might be my favorite State of the K DLC. So, uh, Robbie, you want to start? I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll let you go first, Robin. Okay, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, uh, it's, I- I was kind of speaking with you a little bit earlier. I'm getting my backside kicked right now by it. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> I've only ever played it while streaming. uh And, yeah, as far as anyone else is concerned, it's because I pay too much attention to chat, <laughs> which is why I keep losing. Uh I but wish see, I at least you have that excuse. Well. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see,
2: Mr. Stainless can't use that excuse, so. No, this is it. <laughs> When I die, it's because of my own stupid
3: mistakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's,
1: it's definitely nice. It's so nice being able to go back to Trumbull, you know, kind of where it all started, where mm-hmm. lots of memories come from that game. I spent a good you know, three, four years playing that game. So to go back, especially with the new mechanics from State of the K 2, is is awesome. I'm loving it. Yeah, Mr. Taylor, do you have any
0: uh, first thoughts I, on it? Yeah,
2: I mean, I I think it's it. I, I, so for me, I kind of went between modes of like, am I going to like this? I'm not going to like this. Maybe I'll like this. I you know up until the point where I actually purchased it, um. I think it was a DLC. There was a lot of hype around, which is always like a really dangerous thing. Um, yeah. Whenever things can get overhyped, but very true. Are there things about it that I think I would love to see that I would love to see done differently? Absolutely, but I think as a as a DLC, I think it's it's brilliant, especially as someone who has like been complaining for more story since like day one. Um, to even get to, I think the stories that we're experiencing in Heartland are fantastic. Um, and the the bigger bases, I absolutely love. There's just there's so many things I think in Heartland that have just been like, oh gosh, I wish I wish this was like in the main game. I wish this was what City of the K two was because this is this is fantastic. So, um, yeah, I think they totally knocked out of the park on it, Uh, and has such a foreboding atmosphere as well.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree, and I really enjoy the story of it, and. Uh, I do appreciate that it's kind of standalone. I, I definitely understand everyone's opinion that they want it in the base game and they want to play that map in the base game. But at the same time, I do kind of like it as its own standalone thing. You know, like mm-hmm. you just jump back into Trumble and Heartland and you get to experience that story as its own um, unique aspect of State of Decay. So I, I do appreciate it as a standalone as well.
2: Totally. I think. um Yeah, I think it, it's it's one of those things where. I think if if we had all the mechanics that we have in Heartland in the main game, it would probably lose some of that charm that they have. It would lose some of that impact. So it's nice to kind of, if you want that extra bit of challenge, or if you want to experience that something a little bit different, you can just boot up Heartland and, uh, and off you go.
0: Right. And one thing I want to mention too is um, if anyone listened to my episode with Jeffrey and Brian, it's important to note that people saying, you know, oh, I want you to just bring Heartland to the base game. It's not mm-hmm. as easy as that because... Some of the mechanics they have in Heartland aren't really that easily portable because you only have one base, for example, which we're going to talk about, obviously. But having only one base, you can't just move that map over because it's not going to be balanced. In the yeah. base game, you have like seven bases per map. So they'd have to make six more bases in that map. Like it, it's not that easy to actually port it over easily. Totally.
2: I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's just another thing of, you know, the community is extremely, obviously extremely excited about it, which is fantastic. Um, and that I think that passion can just sometimes come across as, uh, hey, let, let's let's just merge everything. Can we have this and can we have this? And it's, it's it's just, it's a very passionate community. And I think it's it's great to see that response, even if
0: it is sometimes quite a little bit overwhelming for the dev team. <laughs> it probably is, yeah. <laughs> Which, Rabbit, I'm kind of curious uh, your thoughts on this. Do you think we ever will get a DLC that has like a new map for the base game? Because I kind of feel like at some point, we will, because they did say that we're going to actually have State of Decay 2 content for a while, so I feel like some point down the road we will get at least one new map for the base game.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I I feel at some point we will. Kind of the way I'm looking at it now is uh, State of Decay 2 has, has pretty much done a flip from number one. So with number one, you know, you kind of started with the story and then moved on into the longer game. So, kind of, for me, the way I'm looking at it is, is Trumbull Valley in number two is, you know, reminiscent to the story side of it. And then you've got the main game, which is kind of what you'd play if, you know, if, if you want a long game, if you, the same or similar way that we used to do Breakdown. I think trying to replicate Breakdown, regardless of what they do, is, is going to be too hard. Uh, so I think what they've done with the main game itself has got enough of a feeling that Breakdown used to have. I mean, Breakdown, especially for me, that's, that's the part that I played the most. Right. You know, once, once you've kind of done the story, Breakdown was, was what was left. You could mess around a little bit in Lifeline if you wanted to go all guns blazing. Uh, but yeah, it's, for me, it's just kind of done that. It's done a flip. You not Oh, the main game now is what I see is Fumble Valley, uh, and then the, you know the longer game is I I play the normal game. I hope at some point there's going to be new maps added. How that's going to work, how it's going to look, I don't know. How easy it's going to be, I don't know. Uh, but it would be nice
0: yeah that's kind of a good way to put it too that they kind of flip flopped it because basically the first game you pretty much started out with story at the beginning, and instead of the k2 they kind of you know put the story in later with this, so there wasn't that much story um unless you made your own story, which I appreciate doing, but I realize you know not every player um likes to make their own story, so something like Heartland is actually a good opportunity for players to get in there and experience a little bit of a story themselves. Mm-hmm yeah 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 what about you Mr stainless? Do you think we'll ever have a new map at some point in the game's life i mean I think
2: that's that's always the hope uh i I think probably the entire community would always would all agree that another map would be fantastic um I think it just comes down to i guess what the map would be um you know i think if if the devs were simply just to add a random map just for the sake of adding a random map i I feel like it would be a little bit hollow. Um, whereas yeah. if, if we, you know, if they added a, a map that was somehow linked to the story or the, the kind of overall lore, or there was some form of, I mean, reason. I know a
0: lot of people have asked for a city map. That's what a lot of people seem to yeah. want. Yeah.
2: I mean, a, a city map could be cool, but at the same time, I could see that being incredibly claustrophobic. Um, especially Agreed, be- yeah. because the maps we've, we've played in state of decay, both in in one and two um, have been really quite open or that, you know, you've had a, a good variety of open and confined spaces. I think to have a city, which I think the dev team have said it would be like nearly impossible to do with, um, with, with kind of the engine and the, the stuff that they're running on. But, um, yeah, I think another map would be nice. I don't think we need one yet. Um, I think if they I were able to, that, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think with, with a Heartland DLC, there's tons of playtime that, that's included in that um i think if they were to port the heartland dlc map into the the kind of main game map rotation i think again that would add even more play time to the whole thing and i think there's there's we've got time before we need another map um i'm always going to say that i would love more state of the k2 content because it's a great game i love playing it i'm always happy for for new content but um yeah i think i would rather have meaningful content rather than them just add a, a map
0: just for the sake of having, adding a map yeah, yeah. yeah i definitely agree with that too and like you said i think we have plenty of time because mm-hmm. by just spitballing you know estimations here i gotta think you know we're there's pretty much a given that we're getting a state of K three at some point with them being owned by microsoft now but yeah let's just be hypothetical here a state of K three probably isn't coming for like another three years minimum so Within yeah. three years, you'd have to think that they have a map sometime within three
1: years.
2: I mean, it's it's possible that, you know, if we do see a, um, a State of Decay 3, or when we see a State of Decay 3 coming, rather, um, they could do something similar than what the guys did with uh, Dead Rising 2, um, where they released, instead of a demo, they released, like, a prequel map, um, where you kind of booted it up, and it was like a, a prelude to the actual full version of, of dead rising 2 so it could be the kind of thing where if state of decay 3 It'll happens be, yeah. that they release the new map which is a hey here's a precursor to where you're going to be next time and, and why you're there
0: yeah and to me it's not really an if i mean i think there's like a 99 percent chance a state of decay 3 does happen just because mm-hmm. they have said that you know this franchise is something that there's no plans of stopping and Microsoft acquired them with the intent of continuing the franchise. So, I think it's pretty much a given that a state three, K3 happens at some point. What's your thoughts on that, Rabbit?
1: I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, obviously things happen. So, you know, I, I, I tend not to say I, I definitely think this is going to happen. You know, something might happen in the future. You, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I I was a little bit concerned when I found out that Microsoft were taking over Undead Labs. Now, I'm an Xbox player and I've got nothing, you know, against that in general. I was more worried that Undead Labs would end up getting their, uh, their vision for the game taken away. Mm. I gotta admit, I've been pleasantly surprised with number two. Definitely, because it feels like uh, the devs are going in the way that they always intended the game to be. Uh, I mean, there's still stuff that I miss from number one, but I'm I'm liking where it's going. Yeah, I
3: definitely see that as well.
0: I don't know. Yeah, because I mean, everything they've been doing is all stuff that the community's been wanting, you know? Yeah. That going back to Trumble, that's something the community wanted. The harder difficulty with the CYOA, that's something the community wanted. Yeah. Um, you know, having crossbows in with the Zed Hunter, that's something the community wanted. Like everything they've been doing since Daybreak is all stuff the community wanted. And I know some people don't like Daybreak. I personally like Daybreak, but for the people that don't like Daybreak, that was something they were already committed to at launch. So that They had to fulfill that commitment before they moved on to anything else.
3: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: But I know we went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but you know, um <laughs> since it's your first time in the podcast, guys, I figured I'd get some of your thoughts on, you know, the future a little bit. But
3: <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> but
0: <good. sighs> um about Heartland specifically though, I- I'm curious, um how much playtime have you both got in there and have you actually beat the main story yet? So let's start with Mr. Stainless Sam.
2: Oh gosh, right. So I have not got a lot of playtime into it so far, maybe about three and a bit hours um and that's been with a lot of prevaricating and and not doing the quest it's kind of just been dandering about the map instead but um yeah about three and three and a bit hours so far into quincy's storyline
0: fair enough and i like quincy's too quincy's fun
1: and how about you rabbit i think i've got about uh 20 ish hours uh, into Quinces, but like I said earlier, I, I still haven't made it past one mission. So <laughs> it's, it's twenty hours. We play in <laughs> the same part three or four times. <laughs> so the storyline, I have no idea. Past a certain point,
0: <laughs> but eventually, for that mission, you're going to be the biggest expert in the
1: world on that mission. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> learned after three or four attempts yet. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully I'll master it eventually.
0: Well, as for me, um, I've, I think, beaten the game three or four times now. And I honestly don't know hour-wise, but it's got to be at least around 40 to 50 hours at this point. Mm. But um, Basically, that's also partially because... The week that Heartland came out, I was actually on vacation that week, so I literally got, you know, time in all week long, so that, that's part of that. But. Beautiful. <laughs> so, which it wasn't planned, by the way. I, I basically took that week <laughs> off of vacation for E3. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to relax, you know, check out some E3 content, see what games are coming out. Oh, Heartland's coming out? Well, I guess I'm playing Heartland all week instead.
3: <laughs>
0: <said. laughs> so it, it worked out, but that wasn't planned that way. But I don't know if um, both of you got a chance to notice this again, if you made it as far in the story, but there's some parts of the original map that aren't accessible, and as you go through the story, you find out why. So I thought that was really interesting. You know, um, I, I won't spoil too much, but um, like you get to certain bridges and stuff like that, and you find out, oh, I can't go any further.
3: Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was... When I first opened the map and saw that there was parts missing, uh, I, I've got to admit, I was a little bit disheartened. Um, I was looking forward at checking out all of the parts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did get to a certain part in the story where it explains why the bridge is off. Right. Whether or not it does the tunnel as well. i whether there's any, you know, set storyline behind that, I don't know. Uh, but I'm glad that they've... It, it makes sense as to why it's closed off. It's not Right, just I think it like, makes sense too, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's not just closed off and no one's talking about it kind of thing. You know, they've addressed it and, and you know, they've put it in the game to give us reasons why we can't go there, which I quite like.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, to me that's
0: the way to do that if they're going to do it, because you know, some games, they just be like, oh, well, yeah, you can't access this part of the map because, um, well, we didn't have the time to make it, but we didn't want yeah. to tell you guys that, so, you know, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. some games would be like that, but, yeah. like, they actually put it a legit reason in the game for why those parts aren't accessible, so, you know, yeah. when you get there, Mr. Stainless, it'll be kind of cool for you to figure that out, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward even just seeing how Trumbull Valley has just physically or visibly changed, even without even reaching the, the bridge and finding all the parts that have been unlocked or kind of have been, I guess, restricted or access has been restricted to. It's just been great seeing like the diner and the airplane. just The blood plague basically just infecting the map itself uh, has been really cool.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of what I wanted to get into next is um, some of the locations on the map that are different now. Did you, um, Rabble, we'll start with you first. Did you have any locations that you noticed on the map that you're like, wow, that's changed a lot?
1: Um, no specifically that come to mind uh, I guess driving around the map it threw me a little bit that there's uh, there's there's not blockages where there used to be blockages you know like burned out cars uh, and all that kind of stuff they're not in the same place anymore and it definitely right. makes sense that, that it's not that way you know I can't remember the, the time scale but it, it's set quite a while after number one.
0: So Yeah, I honestly can't remember how much time-wise it is, but it definitely is a lot after that.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think someone mentioned that it's it's like 18 months at least. Uh, whether it's more than that, I, I don't know. But yeah, it's, you'd expect stuff to be moved, and driving around, that still throws me now. Like, I'll take my eyes off uh, what I'm doing, and I'll look at chat still in my mind trying to drive around it the same way I would number one.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I end up tilting my car, you know, going off uh, driving off into <laughs> a ditch right. somewhere or just generally blowing my car up.
0: <laughs> and how about you, Mr. Sanders? Before I go into some of mine that I noticed, um, what's uh, some of yours that you might have noticed or anything?
2: I think the the biggest thing that um, I've noticed and that still scares me is the diner in Spencer's Mill. Um so, yeah, that's one I was going to call out, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate that one um in state of decay one, one of my biggest fears was whenever uh a horde or that diner became turned into an infestation um because it was always a pain in the ass to clear out because there there's it's a very small diner. chances are most of the infestation were usually standing outside it, and it was just a nightmare to get through so because of my kind of nightmares from the first game of that diner to then <laughs> right. see it basically turned into a a literal nightmare covered in blood plague has just been a bit like, I, I think I'll I think I'll steer clear of that building. I, I don't
0: I don't really like this. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's cool because the diner basically became a play car without actually being one. So yeah. it, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's like a giant outdoor play car, basically.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I do love the plane as well. Um, I haven't, I i am been meaning to go and do kind of like a very close inspection of it, but. Um, just seeing how the blood plague has been evolving and growing and I guess turning into its own living entity has been nice because um, it, it, there's almost areas of the plane where it looks like, it's like the, the blood plague is building walls out of itself. There's yeah. just some really interesting things going on with that. And- um, it's yeah it's kind of gonna say
0: um you haven't made it far enough to know what plague walls are yet have you
2: no no but i'm sure i i i hear there's something called the gauntlet or something like that's here that the devs have been talking about yes. And there's lots of death <laughs> i think that i will be experiencing very soon <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and how about you rabbi have you actually figured out what plague walls are yet or are you uh stuck at a part before that
1: i've i've seen them I've, I've seen bits, um, as bad as it might sound, if any of my friends are streaming it on Twitch, I'm just not watching. I, I will, you know, I'll, I'll log in, I'll say hello, and then I'll just go. Uh, just because for my own stream, I want to, because State of Decay is my main game that I stream, I want all of my reactions to be, you know, as real as possible. Um, so I'm, I'm just not watching. I've, I've been there, I've seen it, I haven't been inside yet. Yeah. That's fair though. I mean I didn't know if you at least
0: got to maybe the plane one that Mr. Tame was talking about, but Yeah. You know, that's the first one you see uh, at least
1: but Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I got up to the plane one. I still haven't completed that bit. I ended up getting swamped I think by, you know, a a couple of plague jugs and oh. I just got in my car and drove away. Did not <laughs> care about anyone else that was stood with me. I just literally got in my car <laughs> and left. Uh, but yeah, I I haven't made it past that mission, but I've I've made it to the explanation of what's going on. Okay, at least you got the explanation, so yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I
0: don't want to scare you, though, Rabbit. But um, that that's the easy play wall So yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> the more and more I hear about the gauntlet, the more I'm just like, no, nah, I'm I'm just. Happy living at the T Rex place. Yeah. We'll just stay there, <laughs> ignore right. the rest. We've got our little <laughs> corner all sorted. As long as I don't get a siege, I'm, I'm just going to live here from now on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I won't spoil it for either one of you how bad the gauntlet is, but the first time you see the gauntlet, um, you'll probably be a little scared. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it, it's fun though. Trust me, it's fun, but it, it's definitely not for the faint of hearts. But, um, you know, some of the other locations I want to mention real quick are, uh, the church is, you know, a pretty cool location to visit, which I'm sure you both, um, made it far enough in the story to check that out, because that's pretty mm-hmm. early in the story. You know, the church is definitely, uh, looks more run down and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if you either one of you checked out the factory yet, down in Marshall, but the factory looks so much different, and it's just completely blown out, basically. Oh. I
2: was actually looking yeah. forward to going and
0: checking that place out, but, um...
2: Yeah, you can it...
0: still search containers there and stuff. So you can still like search stuff there. But when you get in there, it's like, wow, this is a factory. Like, are you sure yeah. it's a factory?
2: <laughs> um, yeah, I think I I've yet to head down to Marshall. I've kind of just been purposely trying to stay away from anywhere where there's built up areas where there may be plague hearts and plague jugs. And anytime I hear a plague feral, I just scream and go back home and
3: save <laughs> yeah. the game and log out. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's not been great. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Marshall, too, because, I mean, basically all of Marshall is just Plague Central, essentially, is what you consider I mean, basically down in Marshall, there's pretty much not many areas that are safe from Plague, so it's Plague everything everywhere.
2: I'm not looking forward to that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I won't obviously spoil too much about Marshall, but um, it's definitely an interesting area. I think
1: for me, possibly one thing that I wish they one area that I wish they'd have done some more with, uh would have been the death shed. I don't know if everyone calls it the death shed, but it's at least what I call it, and you know a lot of people who watch me. Um, it's it's uh that little warehouse at the black side of the uh trailer park, uh just near the the starter church. Oh yeah, and I remember it. that area. And it used to be oh, okay, whenever uh yeah, it used to be one of the hardest areas. Whenever you went there, or at least for me and people I watched, it was, it was kind of like where, if, if you were going there, if you had a mission there, take a character you didn't mind losing. Uh it, it was just so difficult. But then I don't know if that's just something that uh that I noticed. Whether it was everyone noticed it, that it, it just seemed to be. Uh, harder area, so yeah, I guess if it is just something that I notice and that the people you know, I kind of watch and play with uh, noticed, then I can see why it's not in there, but yeah. I wish there were certain areas that a little bit more was done there. Yeah, that's fair. I think
0: you're always going to have areas like that where you're like oh, well, they could have done this maybe, or they could have done that, but you know, I, I do appreciate what they um, did with some of it at least, and yeah, I don't know yeah, if you've yeah. seen uh, yours yet, Rabbit. But there's definitely some cool Easter eggs there. So,
1: <laughs> indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've seen the uh, the. I think there's. I think someone's mentioned a post-it note as well, possibly, and I've, I've seen my graffiti dotted around. I still haven't. I'm not even sure if my weapon is in there. I keep talking about a weapon. Uh, but I'm not sure if it actually came in with Heartlands yet or not. If it has, no one's found it, or at least no one's told me that they found it. But I haven't seen it yet, so... It'll be obvious when someone sees it. But again, I'm not even sure if that's in yet. It was just something that Brant mentioned to me that's, that's going to be happening. He kind of mentioned it months ago.
0: That's one of the cool things about the devs for this uh, Undead Labs team, though, is they actually take the time to, you know, honor the community like that and put all yeah. the Easter eggs in there because I found so many Easter eggs from people. I'm like, oh, I know him. Oh, I know her. I, I know her, too. You know, like it's really cool. It's like, wow, there's so many people I know that you can just see here. And um I don't know if you've seen a lot of the Easter eggs yet, Mr. Stainless, but if you go to Spencer's Mill at the gun shop on the side of that building, you're going to see a lot of graffiti there with a, a bunch of us. And Robin and I are both there on the side of that building.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that I noticed the devs had been doing even in the the main game, kind of running up to release. So it's been it's been cool yeah. the way that they kind of immortalize community members in in that way, um, which is pretty awesome.
0: Definitely, and you know, literally all throughout. Um, I won't spoil all of them, but all throughout the map, you can find like a uh, different Easter eggs and stuff. Like the gauntlet specifically, there's some really cool ones um, at the end of the gauntlet as well. So okay. it's kind of cool homages there. But uh, one of you did mention the blood plate ferals a little bit. So you, you guys yeah. want to talk about how these uh, these nasty guys are different than the regular ferals? I just hate them.
3: I, I just hate
0: them. <laughs> I was... What was... I'm
2: trying to remember the mission. I think I had to go and find, like, Scrap or something. I can't even remember. It was, like, one of the early missions with Quincy. And we were out in, parts, like, a... probably.
0: 25 parts.
2: Yeah. It could have been that. It was, it was something... Or, no, it was... Um, I think it was investigating the military. We had to like find, which isn't a massive spoiler. It's like a one of the early missions, but you had to find like the military orders or something to find out why they were there. And, um, it was in a factory and there was like a little military base beside it. And I finished up the mission on the way back to Mr. Santos. I thought, oh, you know, what? I'll just stop by this military base and get some supplies. You know, it doesn't hurt to have a, a couple of extra grenades. And just got out of the car, was about to walk in. And then all of a sudden I start hearing this weird <laughs> noise and I'm like, what the heck is that noise? Like I, I turn around and in there, in the crest of the hill, was a feral, uh, a blood plague feral. I'm like, I think we're all right. I, I don't think we need to search this place at all. <laughs> just go, just go home. It's just terrifying, especially yeah. when you're, you're first like. Whenever they first show you one, because I, I, you know, I, as standard, you you try to go for the headshot, um, and go, for some somehow I managed to get a headshot on him, and it and the thing fell down. I'm like, oh, Brilliant. was about to leave when it got back up again. It's just one of those moments of, (laughs) hold on, everything I thought I knew has just been thrown out the window here. This is terrifying. Please leave me alone.
0: Well, see, it's funny you mentioned the headshots there, because this is the story that I was uh, waiting to tell you guys. So, you know, basically, um, Heartland release day, I was on there, you know, right at release. Pretty much as soon as they announced it, I um, was starting my download. I got on there. I was streaming all night that night. And... I didn't even know that Undead Labs was actually going to be doing a stream that night, so like a special stream, you know, to talk about it, mm. which if I watched this special stream, I probably would have known this, but I was actually streaming myself, and I had no idea they were streaming, so <laughs> I was getting in there, I was, you know, having some fun, I killed that little feral at the beginning, but, you know, you kill that feral so quick at the beginning, you don't really realize what's going on as much, Yeah. and basically, I went to uh, Spencer's Mill, and I forget exactly what I was doing, I think I was just looting some stuff, you know. I was looking for guns, different things like that. And I come across the feral. I'm like, okay, you know, let's take on this feral. And, uh, I, I lost a character and <laughs> <laughs> I lost, um, Helena. Oh. So then, um, I go back with, uh, Malik and Quincy. I, you know, took Malik as a follower. I'm like, all right, that feral killed Helena. He's going down. You know, we're, we're killing this feral. He, he's ours. So we go back there, we find the same exact barrel, and I I actually lost Malik as well.
3: (laughs) To the same
1: barrel. (laughs) So... That that first feral, I don't know if it's coded that way. And if it is, the devs have done a sneaky, sneaky thing by doing it. But that first feral that you come across seems easy.
0: It does. It, it seems easier, yeah.
1: I don't and know it what you're talking you about. Into... I,
0: I, I find it really tough to kill. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, it could have been my fear. I could have just, my hands could have been shaking.
1: And I'm like, just leave me alone. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. My experience was I found it really easy and I was kind of like, nah, these guys aren't too bad. And then the next one I saw just absolutely annihilated me and the person that was following me.
0: Yeah, and I didn't even get to why this all happened yet. You guys are going to laugh at this, but basically uh, even Quincy almost died, but I ended up getting out of there. So I technically had one character left alive at least, so I didn't lose my whole community. But the reason why I lost both of these characters the same Pharaoh is because... Stupid me, I didn't realize that you had to headshot them. I kept shooting with oh, body shots. No. <laughs> I did
2: uh, <laughs> I didn't even know that that's really important to <laughs> to know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, because, you know, being an Xbox player, you know, I don't have this, you know, crazy awesome PC aim that all you yeah. guys have. So, I'm at the Xbox player. My philosophy is, well, if I shot in the shoulder, I still shot it. That's good enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, that's my philosophy as an Xbox guy. But, uh, with these ferals, you can't actually do that anymore because these blood flake ferals, you have to break the cap on the top of their head and then you have to headshot them again to kill them. Yeah. And I had no idea of this. And, Basically, um during that stream, uh, I think it was Undead Brant. he came into my chat and he's like, oh, you got the headshot then. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> you, you couldn't come by to my chat like, you know, half an hour ago after all, all these shots I put into their body? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, I'm literally like jumping on rooftops, like trying to shoot them. You know, I, I must have put so many bullets and crossbow bolts into that one feral. And I, it still never occurred to me that I had to headshot him. So I, I don't know what I was thinking but... <laughs> and and that's why I kind of blame, um, you know, the fact that I started like right at the start of the DLC, because if I had watched that Undead Lab stream that night, I probably would have known that going in, but I was streaming during that stream. So I'm like, oh, okay, you know, just take out the feral, you know, shoot him. Well, he's not dying. Like, and I was starting to think, like, are these ferals invincible? Like, did they make invincible ferals? Like they can't die or something? Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> So, I I lost uh, two characters within my first um, hour to two hours, and I I almost lost my entire community. But luckily, Quincy survived, and I ended up beating that playthrough with um, just Quincy alive, and then I got some other characters afterwards. Gosh, nice. But yeah, I I thought it was really funny, and I I still kind of kick myself for that because, you know, uh, something should have clicked in my head. I should have known, but hey, it
1: it is what it is. It happens. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I definitely like the fact that the fear of ferals has come back with these guys. Because yeah. ferals used to be the one that I hated the most and number one. Uh, in, in the base game, I don't know, ferals felt manageable. It, it didn't matter if a feral attacked you. So the fact that these played ferals are seriously bringing the fear back, I'm, I'm loving that, absolutely loving it.
0: Yeah, the ferals are the only thing I fear anymore. I mean, even juggernauts, like, if you're really in a jam, you can usually run away from a juggernaut, like, most yeah. cases, so. Yeah. But ferals, you can't even run away from them. They just chase you down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ferals, you basically have to try and, like, get on top of a ladder or something, and even that sometimes doesn't work anymore, because the ferals can actually jump on some containers now, so.
1: Yep.
0: So you, you think, like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm on top of this container, I'm all safe, wait, oh, the ferals up here too? Damn it, run. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, in addition to the Ferals we also have some blood plague bloaters and screamers as well. Have you guys run into a lot of these?
2: I've come across one a couple of the screamers, but not up close um the bluder I have though uh I didn't know that it, there was a bluder in the area um and obviously it detonated um and <laughs> I, I mean I guess detonated is the right word um yep but and then I just saw obviously there i was you see, all the kind of blood plague stuff is the best way I can use it to describe it just in the air. I did. I thought it was a glitch, so it was like, ah, oh, it's probably nothing. I'll just walk through
0: this, and yeah, there
2: you go.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> uh, I think that was a nice touch though, because now bloaters are even more deadly. You yeah. know, we've all had those friends in our games that are like, you know, super bad drivers, they never notice the bloaters when they're driving, they run into bloaters all the time. Now, if you have that bad friend run into a bloater basically your entire car almost has blood Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: Which I don't know if you've done that yet, Rabbit, but um, a couple of times I've, you know, accidentally hit a bloater while driving it's like, oh, shoot.
1: I have, yeah, yeah. I've, I've lost someone because I drove through two bloaters.
3: Oh, no. Jeez. <laughs>
1: oh, they cannot, your characters can now die in the car. Oh. I'm, I'm I'm sat here thinking, uh, you know, just like number one, you can drive through it, your health will get down to a certain point, but it won't get past that point while you're in a car. Yeah, that doesn't work anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, you know, um, note to anyone out there that hasn't tried it yet, don't drive over the bloaters at all. Don't touch the bloaters, don't sneeze on them, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And the screamers I thought was interesting too is they actually spit out blood plague when they scream now. So yeah. if you get too close to them from the front, you can actually get blood plague from the front as well, because they basically spit blood plague on you. I don't know if you know that because my shameless.
2: Uh I have never gotten close enough to see. Um like I think my, my standard operating procedure with screamers is that if one of them pops up on the map or in the the closest area, I'll just try and snipe it as far as away as far away as I can before you even gets close um but yeah haven't even gotten close enough to experience that yet
0: yeah which i think is the standard procedure you know if you're in a good spot in most cases but like um you know without getting into too much for example in the gauntlet you don't have as much time to uh snipe them from far away in the gauntlet so <laughs> it's yeah. a little bit more dangerous but you know those are the three new uh freaks we have because we already had the blood plate juggernaut come into nightmare and yeah, you know, the Blood Plague Juggernaut is still as deadly as it was in Nightmare, so now we have a whole Blood Plague family. And, you know, I, I don't know if you guys noticed this uh at first, or if it took you a little while, but literally every zombie in Heartland is Blood Plague. There's not a single zombie that's
1: a regular zombie. It, it took me a while to notice, but I did eventually notice. But, yeah, it's, it's a nice little touch, I yeah, think.
0: Definitely. Which I think because of that, and because the increased propensity to get Blood Plague, that's why in your base they actually reduce the cost to make blood plate here. So I did appreciate that touch to kind of balance it out a little more because now you only need like um you know one meds and I think three samples to make a cure, so it's not as bad. Yeah, yeah. Because they basically figure, well, they're gonna have to make a lot of blood plate here, so let's let's make it a little bit l- less cost for them.
1: Definitely.
0: But um, getting into that new base, um, I don't know if you both realize officially yet, but. The new base, Jurassic Junction, is the only base that's actually in Heartland, kind of like you mentioned earlier. So that is the only base you can claim. But um, it actually works out pretty well because you don't really need another base. That base is, you know, a pretty good location on the map for what you have to do for the story. And on top of that, the base is so big. You can basically build anything you want in that base and still have room left over.
2: Yeah, it's... It... I think it's it's a wonderful size of base and like you say because of that you know there is no real need to move because that was kind of one of the things about relocating base in the main game is that you know you either need more space or you want some kind of um access to a different set of um locations I think with the the base that you have in heartlands it's it's massive, um, and it's a pretty nice base as well. Uh, it seems to be pretty easily defensible as well.
0: Yeah, I think it has some really cool touches on there as well. I don't know if you both had a chance to climb on top of the Bronto gas, um dinosaur yet, but it, it's really cool to climb on top of him. And one of the little tricks that, um, it, it's like a very minor, minor spoiler, but if you actually have power to your base, and you go on top of that Brontosaurus, uh, as you go over his neck, it'll actually roar like, if you have power in your base. So it's really cool, actually.
1: Yeah, it's pretty I cool. Didn't know that.
0: Yeah, so as long as you get power to your base, um, if you go over his neck, he'll actually roar every time. So it's kind of cool.
1: <laughs> well, I know what I'll be doing when I know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: I, I thought it was a really cool touch. When I first heard it, I'm like, wait a minute. that dinosaur really just roar? Like, seriously? I, I thought it was such a cool touch, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But one of the things I really appreciate about the new base is they really revamped everything, you know, because this is the only base in on the map. So, um when I was talking to Ryan, who is uh, one of the Undead Labs designers that kind of worked heavily on the bases in the game, he actually had a chance to really hone in his energy and focus on one base in particular. You know, with the other maps, he had to kind of spread it out, make sure all seven bases were kind of balanced. With this base, he didn't have to focus on that as much, and he could really focus his energy on making it more unique. So, there's so much different about this base and the base game bases like um, you have new facilities you have facilities that don't exist anymore like for example technically we don't have a workshop anymore but the functions of the workshop actually got rolled into other areas and uh, like technically the forge doesn't exist anymore what the forge did do you can actually do it in a different area now. So I thought it was really cool how they worked all that around and we don't have some facilities anymore. But the stuff you could do in those facilities are now located in other facilities that are new. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, um, this, I still haven't spent a great deal, uh, messing around with the bases too much. I saw the area, uh, that gives you automatic power and water. Uh, I think I built that, and that's pretty much all I've looked into so far. It was just, you know, age old habits, get power and water, and then uh, everything else will kind of fall into place when it's needed. Now I've played through that same part about three or four times. I know what I'm doing up to that point, so I can spend a little bit more time uh, on the base, hopefully. Um, you can definitely tell that more effort has gone into this base, mm-hmm. and it, it clearly shows. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm loving the size of the base, the location, um, and it, it was always an area that, from number one, it was kind of like, this would be a good a, a good little area, if only. Um, yeah, and all of right. those if onlys that I kind of said to myself, it, it seems like they've they've been envisioned by someone else as well and he's, he's kind of put them into play.
0: Yeah, and another thing I want to mention about the base too that I thought was really cool is each character they recruit in Heartland they all have their specific base upgrades unique to them. So uh, what they did in Heartland is the fifth skills for each character they're all new fifth skills and each fifth skill actually attributes to a certain base upgrade. So uh, you might have you know, Keisha, she upgrades to Demolitions Lab or you might have uh, Diana who upgrades, uh, gets you a fabricator shop. Uh, you might have, you know, the doctors that upgrade your medical facility in different, uh, two different ways. So each character has a specific upgrade to that character, and I thought that was a really unique touch because then it kind of, you know, puts more meaning on the characters, in my opinion. Because say, you know, oh, uh, Brock has this upgrade that I really love. Well, if I recruit Brock, I can keep that upgrade, and you know, you kind of favor characters a little bit more because you like their upgrades they come with as well
2: totally i think that's been a really cool mechanic that you've added in where i guess there's a more meaningful um repercussion to, to recruiting characters to your base and it's quite it's that quite cool thing of like actually going out into the wilderness or going out onto them into the map and actually finding somebody that has the 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 expertise that you need um which i thought was was really really quite cool
3: Definitely,
0: yeah, yeah. And did you guys notice any um, particular upgrades that you uh, enjoyed so far, or did you not get a chance to check out the bases too much? I know Rabbit said you didn't get a chance too much yet, but how about you, Mister Stainless? Um,
2: I haven't. Well, actually, one of the things that has been a, a kind of knock-on effect of of kind of having these experts is that I'm scared to build anything in the base. Um, because I, it's it's one of the things where, obviously, you know, I've just found Keisha and I've recruited her to our base, and she's. Uh, making some lovely explosives for me but um, I would love you know your your kind of habit is to all right we've got a base and I will build all the things that we need and make it all self-sustaining and stuff now what has happened is that because I don't know what experts I might find I don't really want to build anything in case I need to build something for them and I don't want to take you know real estate away from them all this kind of stuff so that's one of the things I'm finding is that I'm more cautious about
0: building because I don't know who I might find next.
1: Definitely. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: And I get that sentiment, but, um, you know, playing through the story three or four times, I didn't specifically get a chance to look at the base in depth yet. That's definitely going to be like a whole episode I do at some point. But from what I've noticed so far, I don't think you really have to be that cautious because the characters you recruit, when you recruit them, the stuff that they upgrade, you almost... As far as I can tell, you always have the room to build whatever you want. Like, yeah. for example, um there's two different doctors. If you notice in your medical tent, there's a medical tent expansion, the two different doctors, they just give you just give you um one gives you one medical tent expansion and the other one gives you a different kind. So, basically they have like areas set aside that they already upgrade anyway. So, I think there's enough room in your base to basically build all the stuff that they offer. That's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. And for example, like one character upgrades her kitchen. So they basically made ways to, you know, okay, this character upgrades this. This character can build something that goes in a new slot. This character builds something that goes in a new slot. So I think they actually worked it out to where if you really wanted to build all their stuff, I think you can. I haven't officially tried everyone yet, but as far as I could tell, I never had a problem like, oh, man, I can't build this because this person had, you know, this already built. So I never had an issue yet, but I can't say 100% with certainty that you can build all of them. But I know you can at least build
1: most of them in the same base.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, there's there's tons of room in the base. It's just me being
3: way right. too I, conscious. I guess I,
0: yeah, and <laughs> he <laughs> yeah, meets some pretty cool characters, too. So you definitely want to check definitely. out um, all of their stuff. But that's kind of a good set way to first get into the characters. So uh, what kind of characters did you guys see so far? I know technically you guys have uh, obviously seen Quincy. You've obviously seen Helena. And you've obviously seen Malik. For, so for anyone at home that doesn't know, um, there's two different stories that you can play through. And they are in the Santos storyline, which you're trying to find Ray Santos. Quincy and Helena are the uh, duo that you start with. Quincy's basically an ex-con and Helena's a cop and the first character you meet in the storyline is like right at the very beginning of the storyline it's called Malik he's like a you know friendly neighbor and then the story kind kind of branches out after that so um did you guys have any characters you wanted to call out after those three start with rabbit yeah uh,
1: i think the only character that stands out to me is Izzy
0: Izzy is so much fun
1: yeah Izzy is-, yeah, is so yeah.
0: quirky and crazy <laughs> i yeah, love her yeah
1: definitely definitely <laughs>
0: it's cool too because I love how much personality they gave her which I don't know if you've seen her yet Mr. Sandless but um, she has such a personality and technically the stats of the character her stats aren't the best because there's some things she can't specialize in like I think fighting she can't specialize in because she has a bad trait on her yeah. but she's so unique in her personality that it makes you really confident to play as her anyways like eh screw it Esby's confident I'm confident with Esby. let's do this definitely yeah yeah have you uh, seen her yet, Mister Stainless?
2: I Haven't found Isby yet. Um, I've just recruited. I think whenever I left, because much like Rabbit, I kind of only play it when I'm recording uh, a new episode of it. Um, so I've just finished recruiting Keisha, um, who was thankfully quite excited to come back to our base, and I was very happy to have her because I was like, I, yeah. I really need more people. Uh, what if I die? So, uh, yeah, very glad to have have her back in the base.
0: Yeah, Keisha is definitely a great one as well, and. Um, uh, I've recently started getting to speedruns of Heartland. I just, uh, was trying it out for the first time this week. And Keisha, in my opinion, is a crucial character to speedruns because yeah. she gets to make you all those bombs and everything. And that is really handy. So to me, Keisha is one of the most crucial characters in the game for speedrunning. Um, and what's cool too is she's actually one of the couple of unique, um, exclusive characters to a certain playstyle or uh, storyline, I mean. Because obviously you have Quincy and Helena that are unique to the Santos storyline. And then the Wilkerson storyline you have uh Larissa and or I always mess up her name. I think it's Larisse or Larissa. Larissa, I think it is, but um and then you have Aunt as well. And those are unique to that storyline. But on top of that, there's two other characters that are unique, and Keisha cannot be found in the Wilkerson storyline. Wow. And uh and vice versa. In the Santos storyline, you can never find a character named Brock. Because uh, Brock is exclusive to the Wilkerson storyline. So, I thought that was really interesting how they have two other characters besides the starting ones that are kind of like unique to that storyline. So, if you uh, really get liking uh, Keisha or if you really start liking Brock, then you'd have to play that storyline to have that character. I thought that was pretty cool, actually.
2: That is pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: And I think they did it that way, too, because um, how Keisha upgrades the Demolitions Lab. Brock basically has a different type of upgrade there. So he upgrades that same spot, but he just has different things that are available there. Like, um, I haven't used Brock as much, but I believe he can make like Willie Pete's and stuff there. So it's pretty cool. That's pretty nice. sick, actually. Yeah. But on top of that, there's, um, some characters that you can obviously recruit as part of the main storyline. Like, for example, um, I don't think you both got there yet. But there's a character named Captain Logan towards the end part of the storyline that you can recruit, but there's also characters that you can actually miss and I really appreciated how they have characters in here that if you don't recruit them fast enough or you don't do the mission that they want you to do, you can actually miss recruiting those characters. And Isby, for example, is one of those characters that you could technically miss. She's technically a side character.
3: okay. Yeah, it's quite a
2: cool mechanic, um, which is, again, it's something you kind of see happening in Dead Rising almost to a much tamer degree. Where in, in Dead Rising, if you don't complete, you kind of have a certain, there are complete missions that can just pass you by. But it, the game doesn't tell you that there's a mission there. It's just kind of on your own um kind of impetus to find all these things. Um, but I guess it gives you, especially with, with State of Decay 2 here, um, with the the idea of having side characters and characters that you can't miss. It does give you that encouragement to go back and play through it so that you can find those characters and, and manage to, for the completionists, Absolutely. I guess, out there. Um, it does add a, a lot of really cool playtime onto it.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad you said that, too, because actually each character in Heartland, there's an achievement for recruiting each character in Heartland, so you get an achievement for each one of them. So yeah. it makes sense to actually go back and make sure you recruit every character at least once, and I like how they put an achievement in all of them, that way you've got to get to uh, use them all. Because, um, for example, there's a couple of characters that are the, probably the easier ones to miss. Technically, the way State of Decay's missions work, you get the mission to pop up on your stream, but we all know how, you know, sidetracked we get in the game and especially the character named Diana. Diana's a super easy to one miss, I think, because at the point um Diana comes up to possibly recruiter, I was already so focused on like doing other things in Marshall that I I really didn't pay any attention to it. I'm like, oh whatever, you know, it's probably like some kind of food mission, you know, who cares? Like yeah. so I didn't, really didn't pay attention to it. And Diana is actually the only character I missed in my first playthrough, so I had to go back through the second time, and recruit Diana the second time. That's kind of cool. And the other easy one to miss, I'd say the other easiest one is uh, Chavez. He's actually a red talent character, so he's the only red talent character you can recruit in Heartland, and he's uh, pretty easy to miss as well.
1: Yeah, I think I came across Chavez by accident. I think I just happened to be driving out that way. Um, Yeah. And ended up realizing that there was a marker, like you said, you know, getting completely engrossed (laughs) in the game. Exactly. (laughs) Just realized there was a marker and, and, uh, yeah, managed to stop by and check him out.
0: Yeah, and I really like that, too. And, you know, um, one of the other things they do with characters, too, like, speaking of, you know, interesting ways to recruit them, there's actually one other unique way that they uh, do the recruiting here, too. And it's not like a gigantic spoiler. So I'll say that Vic and Isaac are the two doctor characters you can recruit. But you can only recruit one at a time and I won't spoil how their storyline goes, but basically there's a story with those two characters and you'll find out in their story why you can only recruit one of them. So basically you have to decide which one you want to recruit. So then you basically yeah. have to play through twice. You want to recruit both. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which I don't know if you guys met Vic and Isaac yet, but they're, um, you meet them like closer to Marshall basically.
1: I've, I've done their starting mission. It's quite a, a cute, Little mission. Finding out some backstory. I've, I, but yeah, I've, I've done the starting bit. That's it.
0: Yeah, I haven't met them yet. Okay, so at least you got like a little bit of introduction to them. Yeah, Yeah. they're basically down, um, on the factory part of the map. So they're close to the factory, basically. Cool. But, um, you know, just going through the list of characters real quick, um, for anyone at home. The characters you can get in Heartland are Diana, Isby, Quincy, Helena, Malik, Larice, Aunt Fee, Brock, Keisha, Vic, Isaac, Chavez, Captain Logan, and the one character I didn't really talk about much, because I always forget about this character, is uh, Reba, and I-, I think I always forget her because she seems like she is recruitable um very late in the game, and she's another one that's kind of easy to miss, because if you're not paying attention late game, it's like, oh wait, there's a character that wants to be recruited? Okay, hold on.
2: I think that's something that the- or, well, Undead Labs do really great in State of Decay 2 as well, is that kind of almost bombarding you with options. I say bombarding you, not maybe that ferociously, but giving you plenty of options and then giving you the choice of, alright, listen, you could go and save this on clear, or you could go and hire this person, or you could go and get food which you need, but we're not going to tell you which one you, you've got to do. It's kind of up to you to, to figure it all out. So it's, it's kind of cool to see that persisting in Heartland only, hey, look, if you don't go and do this thing, you may not get this person that could help you uh, and your your base kind of upgrade to the to get the materials you 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 need uh, and desire. I guess.
0: Yeah, I think that's really cool, and I like how they have options like that for you because having all those options, it really puts it in the player's hands to do what they want with the story. You know, maybe you don't want to recruit Reba. You know, maybe you never want to recruit Diana, and you just want to play through the story without ever having those characters. And that's an option for you. You don't have to get them. So uh, I think it's really cool that you can you know kind of pick and choose who you want to actually use. Definitely. So, yeah, we kind of talked about the characters and the base, so now we can kind of talk about the story a little bit. And I know you both haven't played through the end of the story, so we won't spoil, um, the story completely, but there are two stories, and I know we've all played the Santos one. Um, I know you both haven't tried the Wilkerson's yet, but, uh, for anyone at home that doesn't know anything about it, the Wilkerson story is basically Larisse and her aunt are looking for Larisse's dad, and you have to play through that story and, uh, try to find her dad and you get to find him at some point. I'll, I'll say that, you know, at least you do find him at some point, but um, I, I won't say what happens in that storyline. It's kind of a cool um, twist, you know, that uh, is different than the Santos storyline, and you get to, you know, see the Wilkerson's compound, and it's pretty cool, actually. But um, the one that we've all played is the Santos one, where you get to find Ray Santos. So um, was there any nostalgia feeling for you guys seeing uh, Ray Santos?
1: He hasn't got his Hawaiian shirt on. <laughs>
0: Well, he's not in didn't Hawaii anymore. did feel so. like Ray.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: sorry Ray. We we meant to say Raimundo Santos. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz he's very specific about it, so. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs>
0: but yeah, I I thought it was cool seeing him and you know, uh, I I think it's cool how he's like the leader of that um little team now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think one of
2: the things that I find uh interesting about the the Santos story is um, it's actually just Quincy's reaction to all of it. It's something I find a little bit like, I find myself kind of talking to Quincy numerous times being like, Quincy, mate, what are you you actually talking about? Because he's so friendly towards Santos and then whenever you drive away, he keeps saying about I don't know, I don't think we can trust these people and it's like, Quincy... (laughs) <laughs> you can't be living like this. You've got to. you got to trust someone in, in life. Um, but I think he's just an old, softy uh, heart, uh, which is why I kind of yeah. Love I love how
0: he talks about Lily Ritter. He's like, oh yeah, yeah. I know Lily. <laughs> it's like okay, <laughs> well, it's
2: Lily, and it, you kind of feel like he kind of fathers Helena a little bit, and um, yeah. yeah. Um, I think there's just a lot of nice little, uh, nice little nods, nice little intricacies to the character in the story.
0: Yeah, did you guys, by the way, find that dynamic kind of weird? Because I thought it was a really weird dynamic where Quincy basically seems like he's the cop almost to Helena, but yeah. Helena's supposed to be the cop, so it's like what? <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I suppose it's also that
2: kind of thing of like she's a young rookie cop kind of thing, and he's this right. old seasoned crook that's like ah, you know, I I know more, but I know more about the law than you do, kid, because I've broken more of them probably, kind of
3: thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I still find it kind of weird though, because I mean, like you think that she'd have like a, a little bit more umph and backbone in there, yeah. but she doesn't seem to have much backbone at all. So no, <laughs> he basically just walks all over her the entire time, as far as I can tell. So, <laughs> but hey, I mean, she seems like a cool character though, at least. But yeah, I don't know. I, I was expecting yeah, a little bit yeah, different yeah. when I um when I first picked them. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, it's gonna be an interesting dynamic where you know she's the young cop, she's gonna like try to boss him around, maybe. He's probably not going to take it, and no, you, you really don't get any of that. It's basically, you know, him bossing her around the entire time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, that Santos storyline, so you obviously find Ray at some point, and you have to do some tasks for him, and Keisha is obviously part of his compound, and eventually you get to recruit Keisha, and she kind of comes back with you, because I think she kind of, you know, is just sick of being with that clan, and she's like, oh, well, I, I kind of like you people better, so I want to jump
3: with you people.
2: Yeah. Which is nice. Um, I did yeah. think that was going to cause some form of rift, but Ray was very polite about it, and was like, okay, we don't have to kill these people later, that's going to be fine. Um,
0: <laughs> which is good, so.
2: Yeah. I, I did like, though, that even with the Santos storyline, you're still getting a little bit of the Wilkerson's kind of popping up now and again. Um... It is frustrating to know that that family are still alive. Um, They're just a pain in the ass, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's good to see that kind of little bit of Steve Decay lore still going on.
0: Yeah, they're definitely still alive and kicking. You know, you got uh, Nat up there, you got Brock working for them, so they they definitely still have some uh, people working for them. Yeah, and then of course you have the new blood. You know, Larisse and Aunt B are basically joining in. They're like, oh hey, you know, we're Locusts too, so. So it keeps continuing, but um, with the Santos storyline, after you you know meet Ray and you recruit Keisha and stuff like that, then the storyline kind of kicks into a different area where you're meeting Captain Logan and you um you know go talk to Captain Logan. You find out more about what's been going on in Trumbull Valley, basically. Mm -hmm. And I I know you both haven't gotten too far in this. I think Rabbit's at least gotten to the point I'm talking about, but basically you meet a doctor and the doctor, um, it's Dr. Hoffman is her name. And she kind of tells you a little bit more of, you know, okay, this is what's going on. You know, this is how you actually uh, defeat it. And she basically tells you how you defeat these plague walls. And there's an interesting new mechanic, which isn't uh, that big of a spoiler. So I'll say that the new mechanic you can actually do is bloaters, you can actually harvest their blood plague glands now. So basically, if you headshot a bloater or if a bloater's laying on the ground, you can actually do this action called Harvesting a Bloater. It harvests their poison gland, and you basically use that poison gland to defeat the Blood Plague Walls. And I won't say exactly how all that works yet, but I thought it was a really cool uh, new mechanic they put in there that actually changes the game up. That is pretty cool. But yeah, you know, I think it's a really cool mechanic, and I, I definitely enjoy that mechanic because it adds something different to the game that they didn't have before, especially with the Blood Plague Walls, too, you know. I never expected when we jumped in this map to see something called a blood plague wall. Yeah, I never expected to harvest bloaters, and I think it's really cool how they reinvented things like that.
2: Definitely, I mean, it, again, it's it's great to see them kind of expanding more on what the blood plague actually is because I think that was one thing that I've, as time has gone on, it's something I've kind of thought about more. Is like, well, what the heck is the blood plague? You know, is it a viral disease or, or what is this thing? How did it become created and how did blood plague hearts even become what they are? It, I think it's it's great to see them kind of. Equally, having fun exploring uh, their own lore a little bit more too.
0: Absolutely. Did you enjoy the um, advancing the blood plague rabbit? Did you kind of enjoy how that they sort of changed that up a little bit?
1: Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the fact it's getting a lot more explanation, um, kind of describing it a little bit more. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Yeah,
0: same here. And um, I won't say what the cliffhanger is exactly, but. Basically, at the end of Heartland altogether, there's, like, uh, a small cliffhanger in there that kind of has you wondering, like, ooh, where is this story going to go next? So it, it's kind of a cool, uh, like, little nod to the future, and uh, hopefully you guys get to experience that soon. But basically, after you beat all of Heartland, it's like, oh, wow, you know, what are they going to do with this information now? Definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I definitely enjoyed that, too, because, you know, unlike the base game, when you end a legacy, it's like, okay, you know, I'll just jump back in, plan a legacy, but yeah. this actually has a story to it, so when the story ends, it has you wanting more, it has you wanting the next chapter of that story, whatever that means, you know, because it has you wanting this cliffhanger resolved, like, oh, wow, what what does this mean? Which is really cool. Definitely. And I'll look forward to you doing a video on that when you find out, Mr. Salish. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there will be plenty of rumors,
0: don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> But, um, yeah, we can't really spoil too much more of the story. Cause, um, you know, I know you both haven't gotten uh, to the end of it yet. And I know, um, some of the audience might not want the ending part spoiled, but yeah. basically, um, you know, you find that first plague wall, which is the plane, which we've uh, mentioned a little bit. And you, know, you figure out how to deal with that with Captain Logan and Hoffman. And pretty much uh, after that is you have to take on the gauntlet. And I, okay. I won't spoil uh, what the gauntlet is exactly, but. Let's just say, um, you know, the play wall at the plane is basically like, you know, the gauntlet on, you know, easy mode. So, <laughs> and then, uh, the first wall of the gauntlet is, um, where it starts to kick up a notch, and by the end of the gauntlet, um, you know, you're basically wishing you were in Nightmare again. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's definitely pretty fun, honestly, um. It takes a little getting used to, and, you know, it takes some finagling how to make it through there alive, but, um, you know, after you die a couple of times, you should be able to get paid. It. <laughs> and then the uh, Wilkerson storyline, I will say, too, that basically the ending of both storylines, they both converge to the same point. So okay. if anyone was worried about that, I will say that um sort of the end portion of the storyline converges to the same point for both of them, which I think is cool because... You know, you don't want to miss, like, a major story part by playing one of the stories and not the other one. So I think it was really cool how they have, like, the beginning stories are different. And then after that, it kind of converges to, like, the kind of end game story. Totally. So next up, um kind of the last thing we have to talk about for Heartland is some of the achievements. And there's a lot of cool achievements in here. And I don't know how many you guys have hit yet. But the only one I personally have yet is the one called Playing Doctor. And that one is um just kind of a time-consuming one. It's not hard to get, per se, mm-hmm. but that one you have to heal a uh, 100 of your community members with blood plague cure. So basically you have to actually get a 100 community members, you know, have partial blood plague first, and then you have to cure them. So it, it is a time-consuming one, and that's why it's the only one I don't have yet, but it, it's not exactly hard to get. So yeah. um I, I will be getting that one soon, but that's not, like, one of the hardest ones to get.
1: This but is actually... They do have ones... This is actually the first yeah, time I've, I've I've seen the achievements. I tend not to look at them until you know I've finished at least one oh, really? playthrough because sometimes you can get stuff ruined, uh, you know, spoilers in the achievements. But this is honestly the first time I've looked at them. It, it looks like, I mean, the the heal thyself and then playing doctor as well. Yeah. That, that yeah. looks like it's going to be a, a challenge, you know, huh?
0: Yeah, it, it's a pretty big grind. The heal myself one is a little bit easier because that one's healing yourself a hundred times, so, you know, you're going to be able to heal yourself a lot faster, but the one where you have to heal your community members, that's a little bit more of a pain in the butt because basically you have to make sure your community members get a little bit of blood plague, and then you have to walk over to them and hand them a blood yeah, plague here. Yeah. So I have I have that about, like, 25% of the way through, so I have to do it, like, 75 more times. But.
2: <laughs> yeah i think there's there's some cool little achievements in there um some of the achievements are like easy enough to get yeah. like some of them are just like you know join a heartland multiplayer game or host a multiplayer game or complete a multiplayer game or whatever like that but like you say some of these that what's what's great is that there is such a variety of skill levels i think almost in the achievements themselves uh because i think there's an achievement for getting the echo weapons as well right yeah it's Like get all six. Of there those.
0: is, and uh, I'm glad you mentioned that one because that is not only the hardest uh, achievement in Heartland. That is the hardest achievement in all of State of the Candy. guess. Yeah.
3: Right. Okay.
0: And you want to know why? Isn't it? You have any guesses why that is? You've got to get all six in the one playthrough, right? Correct. That is. That is why it's so hard uh, to do. Okay. And what makes that a little bit more perspective for you is, and Undead Labs, if you're listening, please, please change this, because (laughs) this is this is all dependent on RNG. This is not based on skill at all. There's no skill to this. Like, you're going to find all six weapons at some point if you just, you know, grind it out. So, like, it's not about grinding. You know, like, heal thyself and playing doctor, that's about grinding. I'm fine with achievements that you grind for, which a lot of people are, and that's fine. Or achievements that are skill-based, that's fine too. But this is literally an achievement that is completely RNG-based. And the biggest problem with the achievement is, I mapped it out. On the Heartland map, there's only uh, 15 locations that you can actually find Echo Weapons in. Technically, there's only 14, because one of them is always grayed out, as you can't search it. So basically, you have 14 locations to find Echo Weapons, right? In those 14 locations, you're not always guaranteed to Echo Weapon in each location. So you might have less than that, and in those 14 locations, you usually only have a max of one Echo Weapon per location. Mm-hmm. So you're probably looking at, if you're super, super lucky, a max of 14 Echo Weapons in one Heartland map, but what you have to remember, too, is you have to take all those locations and you have to get six different Echo Weapons out of that 14 drops. Yeah. And like I said, you're not going to get all 14 to have you drop. for... For example, um, during one of the K Fest streams, I actually had Undead Jawa in my stream. I literally found eight Echo weapons throughout my entire game. Do you know what the odds of finding six different weapons out of eight is? Like, that, that's astronomical <laughs> odds. I mean, that, that's almost impossible.
2: Yeah, I'm, so, I'm not looking forward to that achievement whatsoever. I've, I've found one so far.
0: Yeah, I've found all six of them multiple times, but the problem is it has to be in one playthrough. Because Jawa at first thought it was cumulative, but it's not. It has to be in one playthrough. If it was cumulative, that's not a problem at all. You know, you, you find them at some point, and that's perfectly good. But it, it's not cumulative. It's all one playthrough. And that's the biggest problem with it. And for me, it I actually started doing playthroughs where I literally just jumped into a Heartland game, went and searched locations. If I didn't find it, I canceled the game, started a new game. I literally started doing playthroughs like that where I just searched for the achievement. and. It actually took me seven tries to get the achievement, guys. So uh, Seven tries.
2: I bet it dropped in there for a couple of playthroughs of Heartlands. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And Jawa told me uh, an unfortunate story of, you know, an uh, unfortunate uh, player of State of Decay, which I, I definitely feel bad for this guy, whoever he is. But there's one guy out there. It took him 13 tries to get the achievement. That's so mad. That's- yeah, that's not good at all. I definitely feel bad for them. I'm lucky it didn't take me that long. You know, it took me half the tries, but for for to take 13 tries for one guy to get the achievement, that's not a good achievement at all. So, you know, Undead Labs, if there's any way for you to, you know, fix this achievement, please, please fix this because it's definitely not fair to the State of the cake community, in my opinion. I mean, this is not an achievement about grinding. It's not about skill level. It's literally just... Oh well, are you lucky today? Oh, you're not lucky today. Sorry, dude. Play again.
1: <laughs> yeah, to, to me that that achievement sounds uh, like it it looks good on paper until you're actually in the situation. Cause like hearing about it, I'm kind of like, oh, that sounds like quite a challenge. Actually, that sounds that sounds interesting. But I can I can also imagine being in a game, playing it for a while, really liking this playthrough and then not managing to do it or you know getting four out of the six or something so yeah i I can definitely see why it would be annoying
0: yeah and where it gets really frustrating for you too rabbit is when you need like one gun left like say you need the uh echo smg for example that's the last one you need you find like oh i found you know four echo shotguns i found Five echo assault rifles, but I didn't find the one oh, yeah, gun yeah. that I needed of the other type. Like it, it's so annoying and so frustrating when it's like I have three of these, can't I trade in <laughs> three of these for one of those? Like yeah. <laughs> So it, it really annoys the hell of me. And, and honestly, out of my entire time playing State of Decay, um that is what annoyed me most out of my entire time playing State of Decay. So there's there's nothing in the game's history that has annoyed me more than that. And that achievement yeah, is just so frustrating as yeah, yeah. an achievement. But, you know, if, if what I did say on my stream, though, as well, in, you know, Undead Labs defense, if that's the biggest complaint I have exactly. about the game, yeah. that's not yeah. that bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, there's definitely worse things to complain about. So in the grand scheme of things, it's not that bad, but it is a big frustration. though. But um, there are some other cool achievements, too. One of the ones that I think is a lot of fun to do is uh, there's one where you have to do 10 Clio uh, attacks, what I call them, you know, where you have to call in a Clio drop, and you have to go through 10 Clio drops. And I think this is a really fun one, because uh, you have to have Izby to do it, so you have to use her to get the um, Clio facility. And I did mine right in a row, and I would recommend doing that when you guys do this, because it's actually a lot of fun that way, to just do 10 Clio drops in a row, because it feels like you have a, you know, non-stop assault on your base, where, you know, you do, do it a Clio attack, okay, get the drop, do another one, get a drop, and it really puts a toll on your characters, and it really, you know, kind of tests your skills. Uh, I haven't skills made it a past the
1: first siege yet, mate. Give me a break with ten. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was about to say this. See? It's like, I don't want my
3: whole community to die. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well, yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah, eventually.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that, that definitely looks like it's going to be a challenging one, especially for me, I don't. That that first siege is where I've died every single time. I lose one of my main characters, and I'm just like, nah, I'm done with this one.
3: <laughs>
0: well, I will say, Rabbit, that, um, some good news for you is that one siege you got in your base, like, you know, toward of midway in the game, that is the only siege you ever get in your uh-huh. base unless you do the Cleo attacks. So you, you don't ever get, yeah, like, yeah. ambient sieges, like, you know, the base game. You never get an ambient siege. That That's the only siege you ever get is that one siege. The only other time you get a okay, siege cool, is if you call cool. it a Cleo attack. So if you find a way past that siege, then you know, you're yeah, good. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm
1: probably just, just going to call in three <laughs> friends to come and help me get past this one siege. And, and by help me, I mean I'll, I'll stand on top of the T Rex while they sort it for me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just watching from below Oh there's this guy he, yeah, yeah. He the Well juggernaut. my excuse oh, thanks, can dude. be
1: That they're not <laughs> using their Heartland characters <laughs> 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 Yes
0: <laughs> <laughs> See you know They have all these non-Heartland characters It's the Heartland exactly. characters guys yep. <laughs> It's what it was all the time <laughs> Just don't use Chavez during that though, because then they're g- your chat's going to be like, "Oh, yeah, you have a yeah, red yeah. talent though," so <laughs> so just, yeah. just make sure you're not using Chavez at that time. <laughs> but um, I already said that you know, recruiting all the characters are some of the achievements too. We have the you know, um, using hundreds of the cures on each of your different types, you know, on yourself or your um, community members. Um, there's a fun little sort of small skill-based one that is. Killing 10 or more enemies with a single Plague Buster, which um, I know Mr. Stainless hasn't seen what these are yet, but basically this is a, a new mechanic that, you know, involves those uh, loader glands, and basically you have to use a Plague Buster to kill 10 or more enemies with a single throw, so it, it's kind of a cool little achievement. It's not that hard to get, but it's kind of one of those, you know, fun skill ones, I say.
2: Yeah, it seems like it would be a good thing to do in those, uh, those clear drops. Definitely,
0: yeah, yeah. Definitely. And I will say that, um, besides the Echo one, one of the other achievements that I think is going to be one of the harder ones for a lot of people to get is you have to destroy 20 plague walls in Heartland, which, um, I will spoil at least that there's not 20 plague walls in one map. So basically you have to, you know, play multiple times or join your friends' games and take down a ton of walls. So that is going to be one of the ones that is a little bit hard for some people to take down. But that's like the uh, main gist of the achievements. Um, the only other ones we didn't really talk about too much is, There's some ones for crafting certain things, which are pretty easy. And there's ones for killing specials, like, you know, kill 25 blood jugs, kill 25 ferals, things like that. So, most of the achievements in Heartland aren't too, too difficult. I would say the top two most difficult are the Echo achievement, just because it's completely RNG-based. And then the one for killing all the plague walls, because, you know, killing that many plague walls, it is going to take you some effort to do that. But, you know, that's all we have for the achievements, and, um... You know, I think we pretty much covered all of Heartland has to offer without, you know, spoiling the end game story and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I I will say that the Gauntlet is definitely going to be tough. For, you know, if you're a new player, so yeah, uh, I would probably recommend if you're like a brand new player of the game, listening to this, I would probably play, you know, the State of Decay base game first, get used to the base game because jumping into Heartland, it's kind of like um, State of Decay base game yeah. on steroids. So you, you definitely want to get used to the base game first. <laughs> But, um, Mr. Stainless, uh, we'll start with you first. Do you have any uh, final thoughts on Heartland?
2: Um, I think it's it's just great to see new content. It's great to see such positivity coming out of the community around it. Um, and, yeah, I just can't wait to see the, the next piece of content, I think, that the devs have for us.
0: Yeah, same here. I'm really looking forward to what they have next. And, you know, we'll see what it is. I mean, maybe we'll get some you know, weapon packs or... You know, maybe we'll get um, a new mode or who knows what they have cooking, but they have something cooking and I can't wait to find out what it is. But, uh, Rabbit, how about Uh, you? You have any final thoughts on Heartland?
1: I'm, I'm just really enjoying it. There's still some spots that, you know, I kind of want to go around and check out. It's, it's nice to get back to Trumbull Valley, uh, where the game all started. It's, uh, there's, there's so much that, i mean the devs have have done with this that is is just awesome it's it's nice to be back i'm looking forward to seeing uh, as well you know where where this is going to go with state of D- decay 2 uh itself but also you know future games as well
0: yeah same here i'm really looking forward to see what they do with this and even the heartland storyline itself because like i said there is a cliffhanger at the end of that and I'm really curious to see, you know, what's going to happen with that because um, I think they do plan on, you know, giving some resolution to that at some point. But you know, they haven't made any promises or anything. But I would, you know, hope at some point we get a resolution to that. So whether that's, you know, soon or whether that's like state of the K three, you know, we get a resolution there. But it's a really cool uh, cliffhanger at the end, and I can't wait for you guys to experience that. So you know, let me know when you experience Definitely. that, guys. I want to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, I'm sure Mr. Sainis will do a video on it for us. I'll be able to watch the stuff there. <laughs> I'll do 20 videos on it. Yes. <laughs> one for each of the plague walls you have to destroy, it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Alright, this was Plague Wall 1, guys. <laughs> this is Plague Wall 18.
2: <laughs> hey, I'll be making like 20 tutorials got to get that ad revenue in, you know?
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But yeah, um, just to reiterate some of our news from the top of the show for anyone listening. Um, my next podcast is going to be, um, next Saturday, likely on Dead by Daylight. For streaming, we have, uh, Sunday and Monday streams, 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. for Borderlands 2. On Tuesday, we have a State of Decay 2 stream, 12 to 4. And then our night stream for the week is going to be Thursday, 8 p.m. to 12 a.m. for State of Decay 2 as well. But um, you know, signing off here, Mr. Stainless. How can people find you if they want to find you?
2: Uh, so they can find me on YouTube dot com slash Mr. Stainless zero zero one or Twitch dot TV um slash Mr. Stainless zero zero one.
0: And do you stream on Twitch a lot? Cause I actually didn't know you uh, stream that way.
2: Yeah, I haven't been able to uh for a, a few months now, but I am now thankfully back uh, streaming again.
0: Nice, that's good to know. Yeah, because I didn't even know you were on Twitch streaming, mm. so I, I know you are on YouTube. But so that, that's good to know. So. And, Rabbit, yeah, uh, how about you? How touch where can people find you? Rabbit with an underscore at the end. Two T's as so. well.
1: In my mind, it just looks normal yeah. with two T's. Yes. But, yeah, <laughs> Rabbit, two T's with an underscore. <laughs> yeah, I don't want people to be like, where's yeah, Rabbit? Yeah. I can't find him, sorry.
0: <laughs> but just to help people as well, I will include uh, both of your links in the show notes too. So, if you guys want to find those links, They'll be in the show notes. Just uh, click them in there. You'll be able to Thank get rid of these nice. guys, awesome. and no problem. And definitely, you know, check them out. Um, you know, subscribe to Mister Stainless and uh, give Rabbit a follow because I know it's different um vernacular there for the different <laughs> platforms, which I think they should all get in the same you know vernacular. But hey, it's, it, it's weird because you know subscribing on Twitch means it something just, yeah, totally yeah, different yeah, than subscribing on YouTube. Yeah. So it's really. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you bring a YouTube person over to Twitch and they're going to be like, oh, subscribe? Okay, you know. Oh, wait, that costs money? So <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: So I, I think that's uh, something they should definitely get on the same page with, but we'll see if they ever do that. But um, thank you guys for being here. And um people, if you want to find me, then you can find me via streaming on com slash Blaze Experience. You can find me on my Twitter or on my Xbox gamer tag with uh applazy experience and that's gonna be capital B L A I S E capital X P E R I E N C E and it's spelled the same way for Mixer as well. You can find me in Discord, that'll be in the show notes. just um jump in the show notes, check on my Discord. I uh always post my streaming stuff in there as well. Twitter and Discord are the easiest ways to reach me. Um I technically have a YouTube, but it's only used to um repost the episodes that you're hearing now. So uh, that's just another way for you to hear the episodes if you want to hear that. But um, besides that, I don't want really utilize my YouTube too much yet. Maybe in the future I'll do something else with it. But um, right now it's just basically the spot to repost the episodes. So um if you, if you comment on YouTube, I will get back to you. But it's going to be a little bit slower because I don't check that as often. Um If you listen to the episode, you obviously have a way to find it already. But if you want other ways to find it, then it's on Stitcher. It's on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Blueberry, Podbean, of course iTunes and many of the directories, so if you literally just uh, type into your search bar, the Blaze Experience, you will find it somewhere, and uh, just find it on whatever platform you like best. If you are someone that doesn't like apps, then in my Discord, I have a special channel that has direct download links, and you don't have to actually use the app for that, because they're all direct download links for every episode I've ever done, so if you just click on the episode you want to download, you can literally download the episode right from my Discord, and you don't have to use an app, so if you are someone that doesn't like apps, that is another option for you. But, uh, Rabbit, thank you for being here and Mr. Stainless as well. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate you guys coming That's on. Nice it was us. nice to finally have you on here. Yeah, thanks for having us. We'll have to do it again sometime too after you guys, Sounds uh, beat Heartland. Be we'll see your show. thoughts on it. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you both and thank you to our audience as well. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we will see you next time. So thank you for listening. Blaze experience.